Welcome to Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Now, Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number one. I'm Jason Pisecki. To get started here, I'm going to go over a little bit of background on what the Inside Muskegon podcast is. This is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders, businesses, organizations, politicians, and everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The show goes directly to the source for answers to the questions that people have about Muskegon. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the local, economic, social, and political issues that affect our everyday lives. Now that's a sort of bookish overview of the podcast. The question you may be asking yourself is, why do a podcast on Muskegon? Well, I think Muskegon is a fascinating place to live. Here we have all this history, natural beauty with beaches, lakes, and we have the arts, we have entertainment, and still we struggle with this sort of negative self-image that you get from some sections of the population. And the question I always ask myself is, why do people get down on Muskegon? There's seems to me that there's a lot happening here and maybe the problem is that people aren't getting the answers to the questions they want you know that's not the kind of stuff that's always reported in the mainstream media so that's where a medium like podcasting can really maybe you know make an impact or help connect people with the answers to the questions that they have so hopefully that's where I'll come in and I'll be able to interact with listeners and seek out you know some of the people that maybe have the answers to questions you have about what's happening here in the Muskegon area. So maybe this is a time to stop complaining. If there's a problem here, we're the ones that needs to fix it. No one else is going to do it for us. And part of the fix comes with asking questions and wondering if things aren't happening the way that you want, why, and who can we go to to make things happen. So hopefully I made my point there. Now we're going to move on to our interview. We had the pleasure of being joined by Cindy Larson, the president of the Muskegon Area Chamber of Commerce. With over 1,200 members, the chamber is the lead business advocacy organization on the Muskegon coast. The mission of the Muskegon Area Chamber of Commerce is to provide the voice of business, promote the business community, specifically their members, and use their combined resources to provide high-quality benefits at the lowest possible price. Welcome, Cindy, to Inside Muskegon. I wanted to start out by thanking you for taking the time out of your schedule to speak with us, and maybe we could just get right into a little bit of your background and how you came to arrive at the Muskegon Area Chamber of Commerce. Well, I'm originally from the area, and uh, but I had been working for the state of Michigan in economic development, and the position came came open here in Muskegon, and they knew that I was from here. So uh, someone contacted me and said, hey, would you be interested in, in working for your own hometown? And uh, so that's kind of how it happened. Now, I think one of the really interesting things about the Muskegon Chamber is it is one of the first Chamber of Commerces established in this country. Maybe you could go back to a little bit of its roots in the 1890s and the role of the Chamber then and some of the challenges and the role of the Chamber now. Well, that's an excellent question because uh, we did, 
we kind of are in a situation where we're repeating history right now. Uh, we, at that time, uh, were really transitioning out of a very uh, prosperous economy. It was the lumber era at that time where um, the lumber barons here were some of the richest in the entire world. Uh, but they were also ex- incredibly intelligent. Uh, so they were on the cutting edge and at that time formed a chamber of commerce. And they did that because they knew that the economy was going to change and that industry was coming in. More of the traditional manufacturing uh, type of economy was just about to come in to be. And they wanted to make sure that Muskegon was a part of that. Uh, so they put together a plan to try to attract industry manufacturing to our community. And they were very successful in doing so. Uh, Uh, But now here we are 100 years later, and that manufacturing base, which is still strong here, however, it may not be the dominant employer in our community anymore. Well, it won't be the dominant employer. I I can just Mm -hmm. tell you that. So once again, we're faced with a situation where we want to, in order to keep our community alive for another 100 years, we have to transition to the new economy, uh, which is more of an information, technology, creative economy. And so uh, that's what we're working on now. Well, I think that's really fascinating. And, you know, the parallels between the lumber industry at the turn of the century and kind of some of the challenges in manufacturing now, I think you can draw some real conclusions to see that we did have a past and we faced similar challenges in the past and there were things that were done to overcome them. Yeah, there was, um, the, the fa- what fascinates me about that time period when you read about it, this, the Charles Hackley, who was really the, the person who led it all, his name was Charles Hackley and he was this, the, the most wealthy of all of these lumber barons. He knew, but yet he could, there was no way at that time he could imagine what an aerospace company would be like, or what some other sort of high-tech manufacturing would be like. They were working on um, companies that made curtain rods, and of course, not long after that was the bowling ball, and and some other, um, then of course, the beginning of automotive, automotive parts. Uh, Yet, what he did at that time kept, built that manufacturing infrastructure, which now allows us to have high-tech manufacturing here. And again, so he was working on something that was impossible for him to see, and that's how I kind of feel right now. We're trying to set the stage in Muskegon for these new industries that I can't even imagine at this point in time. Yet I know they're there, and I know they're coming, so we're going to prepare for them, regardless of whether or not we we know exactly what it's going to be like 100 years from now. Exactly, and that's one of the fascinating things, and I read an article in Entrepreneur Magazine. They recently ranked the Muskegon Grand Rapids Holland MSA as their number 28 in their list of hot cities for entrepreneurs. Along those lines, what do you think are some of the strengths of Muskegon as a place to live and work? Well, uh, it always comes down to this for me, and that is low-cost quality of life. Uh, It is so beautiful here, and there's many beautiful places in the world. However, To live in a place as beautiful as this in another part of the world will cost you a ton of money. So that's why it's great for entrepreneurs to get a start here because they can start their business at a lower cost. And we are not that far from Chicago and Detroit. So you can get access to some of the big city services and needs, you know, some of the things that they have to offer that we don't have in a smaller community. Uh, they're really just a, what, three-hour drive from, from here. Uh, and so anyway, but you, 
but it's very difficult for an entrepreneur to start up in those big cities because of the high cost. Well, here you can be in Muskegon and you can be five minutes from your boat or five minutes from fishing and or five minutes from a, a walk on the sa- through the sand dunes and still have an affordable home and still have children and that go to school within two minutes of your home. Those are things you just can't get in the bigger cities, but that you can get here in Muskegon. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to make, kind of taking the regional view of Muskegon. And we're not just communities that are out on an island that, you know, we're pretty much equidistant right between Detroit and Chicago. And also we have access to uh, Holland, Grand Rapids, uh, surrounding communities that, you know, have a lot of the things that maybe aren't in Muskegon yet that are coming in the future, but they're only a 10 10-minute or half-hour drive away. Correct. Grand Rapids, of course, so we're part of the Grand Rapids, Holland, Muskegon, the, the triangle, or some people call it the golden triangle, uh, is one of the fastest growth areas in the country. And Grand Rapids is a fantastic city and does offer a lot of the uh, metropolitan um, amenities uh, that we may not have in a smaller town. And then the other city that you forgot to mention was Milwaukee. Uh, and That's now true, with yeah. the, the high-speed ferry, uh, for at least uh, seven months out of the year, and they're working to get that even further, stretch that further, we can get to Milwaukee, uh, what, uh, two times a day or two to three times a day, depending on the season, uh, we can be in downtown Milwaukee in just like an hour and 45 minutes. That is true, yeah, and I think that's a great thing that uh, Muskegon residents need to take advantage of and, you know, take that trip on the ferry, and Milwaukee is a is a great small town, and it's just a you know quick ferry ride away. So yeah, I just I have to tell you a quick short story. Um, my brother who lives out on the west coast, um, you know, we here are so spoiled, and if our foot is not in the water, uh, we don't feel like we're on the water. And I just moved to a place, and I'm probably about four miles from you know the great beaches of Lake Michigan, and I was complaining to him, you know, I'm four miles from the lake, and and he just laughed hysterically, saying, "Do you know how much it costs to get close?" to the ocean out on the west coast and he's like an hour and 40 minutes uh you know from the ocean and uh, of course if anybody who's seen lake michigan knows that you it looks as like the ocean you feel like you're on the ocean um is in terms of the majestic view and the fact that the way the water and the waves and the beaches so anyway we are so spoiled here with this quality of life that the average person can afford yeah definitely and I think that kind of leads nicely into my next question talking about we touch on some of the strengths and Whitaker and Associates did a uh, strengths, weakness, opportunity, and threat analysis for the Muskegon area, and that that Lake Michigan was one of those uh, the one of those strengths we had, and uh, some of the other strengths were our work ethic and available workforce, and transportation and natural beauty. Now, some of the uh, the weaknesses I kind of want to touch on along the lines of opportunities is the media perception and self-perception of Muskegon. We seem to have, you know, some sectors have a a negative self-image of Muskegon. And what can we do as business and community leaders and as everyday residents of Muskegon to kind of improve upon that? Well, I think, uh, you know, what we're doing right here today is talking about it and keep and focusing people on the Muskegon of today. There was a time period about 30 years ago, actually, when we had high unemployment. And that is the time that people are still talking about and still referring to. Now, that was 30 years ago. And I don't even remember these times. And I grew up in the area. Uh, so it 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 is, um, I was quite young when this was occurring. So I don't really even have a comprehension of it. 
However, I hear people talk about it, and there are seniors in our community that do remember this, and they tell the stories, and those stories are passed down. And and this is not uncommon in a lot of old cities. Uh, The stories are passed down from generation to generation, and they have nothing to do with what's happening today. Uh, But the only thing we can do is keep talking about it. Unfortunately, it may mean another generation has to turn over. Um, But hopefully we're getting to that point now. I I think the new generation is excited about Muskegon. And we've had more, we're hearing more and more about young people coming back to Muskegon after kind of analyzing the various cities that they've been exposed to and starting to realize like, wow, this is really where I want to raise my family. And so we're getting a lot of the the late 20s, early early 30s people moving back to the community in in a way we haven't in quite some time. Yeah, I think you just described me perfectly there because that is exactly what I did. I grew up in Muskegon, and it was a great place to uh, grow up, go to school, and then I went away to college and lived down in the Detroit area for about eight years. But when I had a family... And wanted to get back, you know, buy grandma and grandpa and buy the lake and buy everything and have an affordable house, you know, that's when I moved back to Muskegon. And it's been a fantastic move for me, not just personally, but business-wise. This is a great community to have a business in. And my business has grown exponentially since I came back to Muskegon, which was probably the biggest thing I was hesitant about when I made the move. And it's just been this pleasant surprise that has just worked out better than I could have even imagined. Well, and I think anybody in the technology area, and uh, I think I too lived in Chicago in my 20s and loved it, absolutely loved it. But when it came time to making a, uh, an investment in a home and in a long-term career, what, what I wanted, it, w- it would have been out of reach. I would have had to live an hour from the city to get the size of home that I have here in the smaller community and to get the size yard and to be able to go to a public school. And I mean, in, in the big city, a lot of people go to the private schools because they feel like they need to and here the public there are private schools but the quality of the public schools is equivalent in many t- in many ways and at many schools so you don't have to you're not forced into something you have a lot of choices if you want to live here now again in terms of business i was going to try to quickly say and i'm sorry if i'm rushing now but technology businesses can be based anywhere so you can be very successful with a technology business in a smaller community. And that wasn't necessarily true, let's say, 20 years ago, where you had to have all of the people around you, like in, you needed the millions of people that live in Chicago. But you, know, you those millions of people are now, ac- you have access to them through technology, and you can be in a small town. Yeah, and I can echo those comments because I have maintained my client base with my Detroit clients, but even with moving over to West Michigan and Muskegon, and I continue to have clients all across the country, you know, that I've had very successful projects with that I've I've never even met. We've just worked over the phone and email. And it's just fascinating that, you know, I can be here and have a house that's a half mile from Lake Michigan. And, you know, your debate about your four-mile walk or getting to the, to the lake, my, my wife and I, we argue about which way to go. And they're both about a half mile and they're both <laughs> easy. And it's just, uh, it just really makes it... Uh, Great. It's a creative place to work and think. And uh, and, and I do live. have to add one more thing if we have time. Uh, you know, we've talked about it being small town, but it's not Mayberry RFD. Uh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> where there is, um, this is a multicultural community and we're more welcoming 
of multicultural people uh, than many other smaller communities. And maybe, again, that's our history and our proximity to Detroit and Chicago. Uh, so we do have uh, a base here of urban activities for people. Even though we're smaller, we have the art museum and the symphony and some kind of younger people type activities. Uh, you know, we have professional sports here. So, uh, again, we're kind of that middle-sized city, um, uh, not necessarily the real small you know, parochial town, uh, yet we're just not the Chicago or New York either. Yeah, definitely. Along those lines, uh, what are some of the current projects that are going on in Muskegon that you're excited about? Uh, well, there are, that's a, there's a long list. Uh, interestingly enough, we've had kind of a... Um, Oh, a comeback with our manufacturers. Uh, you're hearing a lot of information about manufacturers downsizing, but it just so happens we have a mix of high-tech manufacturers that they're actually hiring. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're in aerospace and they have a lot of military. We have a lot of food processing here. They just happen to be the sectors of manufacturing that are growing, and they're also can be done through technology. Uh, so regardless of some of the low-tech manufacturers that have left our community, and people do read about those, Oh, there are so many more. There are five five times as many that are actually growing. But the other thing that is exciting is that we ha are rebuilding our old downtown uh, to make it more traditional. Uh, it had become kind of a suburban downtown and with a lot of parking lots and one big building here and then another parking lot there. Uh, so we've kind of we've taken down these big box buildings and we're redoing an old-fashioned streetscape and we're going to build mixed-use buildings. And there are already some there now and it's just starting. Uh, so so that you can see um, that pedestrian lifestyle, which so many people are really yearning for, where you can walk to church and then you can walk to have some coffee and you walk to the little park, um, as well as at nighttime building kind of an entertainment center with lots of restaurants and clubs. And of course, we have the Center for the Performing Arts, where we do have a lot of live entertainment um, every, every weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as well as the sports arena. Yes, definitely. All right, now to our final question. You have one minute alone with the CEO of a major employer considering making the move to Muskegon. Make your pitch to get that business to Muskegon. Wow, hard to do it in one minute, but um, actually I have to have two answers. For the manufacturing headquarters type person, I have to re return to that low-cost quality of life. You can get high-quality workers here because at, at a slightly lower cost. Why? Because they choose to live here. They're not just living here because of the job. They're choosing here to live here because they want to live here. So we already know that's a great success. We're a great place for manufacturing still in the United States and for the corporate headquarters to get top talent that wants to stay here and not just leave you immediately for the next opportunity. On the other side, for the people that have a product or a consumer service that they're trying to, um, trying to develop, it's still a great, as I said earlier, Muskegon, Grand Rapids, Holland, one of the fastest growing places in the United States. So if you have a product that you'd like to launch, this is a great market to launch it in. And then from there, you can just jump on to Detroit and Chicago and then the world, of course. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Cindy. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And for more information on the Muskegon Area Chamber of Commerce, you can visit their website at muskegon.org. Great, thank you. That brings us to the conclusion of the premiere episode of Inside Muskegon. I want to once again thank Cindy Larson for participating in the podcast. 
I think you can truly tell that she is an advocate for Muskegon and the business community, and I would encourage you to check out the chamber, and you don't have to be a member to go to their events. For more information, visit muskegon.org. Now, in upcoming podcasts, we hope to get into some listener feedback and discuss some of the answers to your questions and things that are submitted to us. And what I would like to do is I want to make this podcast as interactive as possible. So, you know, please let me know your feedback. Let me know what I can do a little bit better. Um, In particular, let me know people that you would like us to interview. I think that will really make this, you know, really the best podcast that it can be. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. Special thanks to Andy Majeski for helping put together this podcast and Kim Harsh for recording the voiceover for our intro. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at jason at insidemuskegon.com or for more information, visit our website at insidemuskegon.com. This has been Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at insidemuskegon.com.